0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, usually about 13, 14 minutes, but even that short period of time helps keep us in God's Word, and that's vital for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So if we want strong faith, On an ongoing basis, we need to be in God's Word on an ongoing basis. And so even this short period of time helps us along that line because it helps us be consistent as students of God's Word. Help people in your life grow in their faith by sharing these short studies with them. Get them into God's Word through these studies, through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. You may help somebody turn their life around and even get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back in our, into our line of thought and study. We're talking about taking back morality in our nation. Now, we could talk about in the whole world, but, you know, we don't live all over the world. We live right here in the United States of America. This is where, this is that that culture with which we are most familiar, because we live here in this nation. We see what's going on around us all the time, every day. And so we can relate to that, to that reality, better than we can, far better than we can as to what's going on in other countries and other parts of the world. Now, taking back morality, as we indicated, first, we need to make a commitment, a personal self-commitment, that I'm going to live a moral life. I'm going to live a godly life. I'm going to live a righteous life, a life that is based in faith in God and Christ. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 11, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness... That word pursue again is active. It means get after it. Chase it down. Pursue it. Obtain it. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. So that's the basic mindset that we have to begin with. If I want to have a positive godly influence, if I want to have an influence of true godly morality on people around me, I've got to live a moral life myself based upon God's word. And then as I can influence other people in a godly, loving, patient way toward morality in their lives, then they can have that same kind of influence on other people around them. And it can have a rippling effect and it can affect more and more people. And ultimately, over time, it can have a widespread impact upon our nation. And the mindset of our nation, our culture. Now, our nation can become better, but it has to begin with each one of us personally and individually. And you might say, well, the, you're talking about a long time. Just think how long the devil has been working on our nation to bring us down to the levels of immorality and wickedness and even outright evil in many cases that he has. He's been successful on an ongoing basis, but it wasn't overnight. It was incrementally small baby steps in some cases, and then maybe some big strides along the way, but it's been going on for decades, hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. He's been diligent and patient in his efforts. We need to be diligent and patient and determined in our efforts to take it back. Take back morality. Now, the first step that we looked at is to take back respect for God and Christ in conduct and speech, in our personal lives, and then through our influence to help others do so as well. We need to respect the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our God and Father in heaven. The second of the original Ten Commandments, and this is repeated several times in the scriptures, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, what does it mean to take God's name in vain? Flippant, disrespectful ways Vulgar, profane, cursing, emphasized by using God's name, Christ's name. As I said, how many people in your life do you know who virtually never speak God's name or Christ's name except through cursing? You know people like that. They're all around us. We have to take back respect for God and Christ in our conduct and our speech. We need to never let ourselves slip up along this line and blurt out some cursing epithet emphasized by using God's name or Christ's name. That's not okay. We need to take that stand. We need to make up our mind. We need to stand for morality. We're going to take back morality from the devil. In our personal lives, that's where it begins, and then gradually influence people around us and take it back for our nation. The second avenue is to take back sexual morality. My, my. Sexual morality? Our culture has almost lost all sense of sexual morality. And a great many people do not seem to give it much of a thought at all in their minds and in their lives. Sexual morality, sexual immorality has become more the characteristic of our nation than sexual morality. God created man and woman in the beginning to be husband and wife. It was described as marriage, as you read the closing verses of Genesis chapter 2. The Hebrews writer wrote in Hebrews 13 and verse 4, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed, that is the marriage bed, undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now, think about that. Where is... Where is our sexual mindset as far as morality or immorality? What is the focus of it in our culture right now, in our nation? It's sexual immorality is all around us. How many people don't even bother to get married anymore and even raise children outside of matrimony, outside of marriage? Now, that's called sexual immorality. A technical term from the Greek is fornication, and it's all kinds of sexual immorality. But God designed the marriage relationship to be that relationship through which we fulfill our sexuality or our sexual needs and desires and drives. That's righteous. That's moral. But when we go outside of those boundaries of marriage and start, and start, you know, becoming sexually active in all kinds of other ways, that's sexually immoral. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. I remember a lady was telling me one time, and by the time she was telling me this, she had been a dedicated Christian for many years, dear lady, dear Christian lady, active in working for the Lord. But she talked about her past life when she was younger and the immoral way that she had been living her life in, I think, probably a number of different ways. She said, one time I opened up my Bible I just opened it up to a page, randomly, and the first verse I saw said, flee fornication. Now, fornication is that technical term, translation from the Greek. It's translated more contemporarily as sexual immorality. She said, I read that, I closed my Bible back up. (laughs) Well, why do you think she closed her Bible back up so quickly? Because obviously she was practicing. She was living a lifestyle that took part in sexual immorality. We need to stop buying the bill of goods that has been sold to us through the devil's influence in in a number of different ways for many, many decades now that all kinds of sexual promiscuity or immorality is good, is acceptable. Many would even say, well, it's godly. Why do people live together outside of marriage as though they were married? And they'll tell you, if you challenge them on this or question them on this, well, I don't need, a, I don't need to be married. I don't, need a bill, I, I, don't, I don't need a marriage certificate to be committed. We're committed to one another. Well, then my question is, why don't you go ahead and get married then? If you're so committed to each other, why don't you go ahead and get married? Well, well, no, we don't need to be married. Well, see, you're not really committed to one another to the degree that you say you are, if you were, you wouldn't be afraid of being married. But you you're leaving yourself an out to get out of that relationship. In Matthew chapter five and verse thirty-two, we talk about divorce. I remember someone saying they saw a billboard. I was just a young kid at this time when, when a preacher, you know, brought this out. He said, you know, the billboard said and I believe it was probably put up there by some attorney or some law firm. And, and it was, if you're married, you have grounds for divorce. Now you talk about a, a flippant attitude toward marriage and divorce. That is a statement of such flippancy and disrespect for marriage and the commitment that goes with marriage. If you're married, you've got grounds for divorce. Well, the divorce rate in our nation is something like 40 to 50% or so of those who get married, but look at all the huge percentage of people that they just don't get married. They don't bother with marriage. They just live together. That's sexual immorality. And people can get all upset about that as much as they want. Don't get mad at me, that's God's word. That's why it's identified as such. And so Jesus said, and Jesus was speaking in Matthew 5 and verse 32, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced for some reason other than sexual immorality on the part of the one who is a guilty party in the relationship commits adultery. Matthew 19 and verse 9. Again, Jesus speaking. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Now, again, God, he holds the marriage relationship close and sincere, and special. And we have developed a cultural mindset that disrespects it to a great extent, is flippant about it, and almost like throwing away an old pair of shoes and buying another if you don't like it. That's kind of our mindset about marriage and divorce. And that's immoral. We need to take back sexual morality We'll look a little further next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to be serious about morality and to want to live and determined to live in such a way as to be pleasing to you and glorifying to you through our morality before you. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.